you know, Psalm 34 is really a good psalm. It's 22 verses, and there's a lot of good things uh, in that particular psalm. You know, I'd encourage you to just read that psalm sometime when you get a chance, because I, a lot of times I go back to that psalm, and I just find out uh, other good things in it on a regular basis. This is in Psalm uh, 34, verse 4, and it says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And one of the things I love about the Word of God is a lot of times they'll have absolutes in there. And so, you know, it doesn't say that I sought the Lord and that he delivered me from one of my fears. It doesn't say that I sought the Lord and, you know, uh, and the Lord delivered me from two of my fears. It says he delivered me from all of my fears. Uh, But again, like so many scriptures in the Word of God, there's a a covenant agreement here that's required, right? There's a part that you have to play and a part that God has to play, amen? So it doesn't say that God just came down and sovereignly removed all my fears, does it? It says I have a responsibility that I have to seek the Lord, amen? I sought the Lord, uh, and he heard me. Uh, And so if you seek the Lord, will he hear you? People say, I wonder if the Lord's hearing me. Well, uh, he said he would, you know, if you're seeking him, right? So so if he's not hearing you, then then where is the issue? It's got to be on my side, right? And so uh, all of the issues that we have with the Lord are on whose side? It's on my side, right? Uh, and uh, is that good news? That's good news, right? Because who can change? Well, you can change, right? If it's on the Lord's side, is there anything you can do about it? Who are you going to submit your complaints to if it's the Lord not doing what he's supposed to be doing? There's nobody to complain to, right? Uh, and so, no, the Lord always does his part. He's always faithful, amen? Uh, and so, so he, you know, we only have one part. He's got two parts to do in here. Our part is to seek him, and then his part is the number one to hear us, which he'll always do that. And number two, he'll deliver us from all of our fears. Amen? So uh, is it ever appropriate for a Christian to say, well, I just can't get over being afraid of whatever it is, right? I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of the economy. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid, of, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. I'm afraid, you know, I'm going to stub my toe. Um, uh, well, uh, if we're focusing on those fears, what are we not doing? We're not focusing on seeking the Lord. Amen? And so, you know, to me, I love these promises because this promise tells me that regardless of what my fear is, my past, my present, my future, doesn't matter what my fear is, if I seek the Lord, he will deliver me from that fear. Amen. Uh, and, and so uh, from all of my fears. So that's, that's a really good promise. Amen. And as a Christian, you have a right and a privilege to live a, a life completely free of any fear, of any dread. Amen. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy everything, right? Uh, some people are afraid of heights, right? Well, you know, that's fine, you know, but, um, uh, but you know, you don't have to necessarily be afraid of heights. You can just not have to enjoy them, right? Some people just, I don't like being up high. Fine, you know, that's, that's a personal preference, but that's different than being afraid of that. I'm afraid of bugs or spiders, right? And, uh, and um, I mean, you see these, these uh, I know a friend of mine, uh, he's, he's kind of this uh, big, not, not really burly guy, but he's, he's, he's much taller than I am, and you know, he's kind of a manly man type. Uh, and, uh, but if he sees a wasp, you know, uh, a mile away, he will run as if in terror. I mean, you know, it, it could just be one wasp, and he, he, he is terrified of this. Now, if it was a snake or a billy goat or a buffalo, you know, he could, you know, he'd tackle it and, and uh, hog tie it, no problem. But if it's a wasp, not a bee, right, you know, but if it's a wasp only, right, not a spider, not afraid of spiders, right, you know, I'll, I'll eat spiders for breakfast, but but a wasp, just a wasp, you know, and so, uh, and uh, I said, well, just take the thing and just squirt, you know, you take a little can and squirt them. I'm not doing that. Well, it just shoots out 15 feet. Yeah, I don't want to get close to 15 feet to them, and, and so, uh, but, um, 
in fact, I think one time we did teach on fears, and uh, and uh, they got a. <coughs> if you go online, you can find all these crazy phobias. You know, there's a phobia uh, called being afraid of peanut butter, uh, and, and which is amazing to me. I mean, I don't need to be afraid of peanut. I love peanut butter, right? But there's actually a phobia for peanut butter. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but you know, in our society, and, and you find this more so in in Western civilizations where there's uh, uh, just you know, different types of society, but it seems like there's all these phobias in, in our civilization, right, in our country, and people are just afraid of everything, all kinds of things they're afraid of, right? I'm afraid of, you know, left-handed people, or I'm afraid of, you know, that's actually a thing, right? People are afraid of left-handed people. You know, I'm left-handed, right? And, and so well, I can't go to that church. He's left-handed. <clears throat> and um, uh, it's amazing, you know, people will just, you know, if, they, if they're not afraid of anything, they'll drum up something that they're afraid of, right? Well, see, I don't want to live that way. I want to live uh, where the Lord says that uh, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Amen. So if there's something that I, that I find that I'm afraid of, so I'm going to go back to this verse. Lord, uh, this thing, whatever it is, you know, th there's fear in my life because of this thing. Uh, and I'm going to seek you, and this fear is going to be removed from my life. That's the way that I want to live. Amen. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't, I just, for me personally, I, I just, it really bugs me for me to, to settle with, well, that's just the way that I am. Just settle and accept that, well, I'm just going to be afraid of that the rest of my life. I just, there's something in me that's, I, I just, you know, I'm going to fight it the, uh, to my last breath, amen? I just, I just don't want to settle. I don't want to settle for mediocrity. I don't, I don't want to settle for just, well, that's just my life. I, I, I'll settle when I, when I live at the top and stay at the top all the days of my life, and then, and then I'll be okay at that point in time, amen? But that's just a good verse. How many fears will the Lord deliver you from? Do you have a part to play in this? You do. You have a responsibility to seek the Lord. Amen. If you do his part, he'll always do his part. Amen. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Father, you're not slack. You don't take days off. You don't take vacations, Father. You don't take sabbaticals. You follow us with goodness and mercy all the days of our life. Each and every day, Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, you follow us with your goodness and mercy. You said that our paths are ordered of you. You're a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So, Father, whether we're looking forward or looking back, we see you in every direction. You are all around us, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we praise you. We honor you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for all of these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. You know, sometimes it's just good to worship the Lord. Amen. It's good to worship the Lord. You know, it's uh, perfectly legal for you to worship the Lord when you're at home. Amen. By yourself in a car, in the shower when nobody's listening, in the shower when everybody's listening. It's okay, you know. Um, it's perfectly fine. Amen. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He didn't say make a joyful, perfectly pitched uh, song uh, to the Lord, which is good because then I'm not qualified, right? See, some people, you know, like Chris, they're, they're really legalistic. They, they only use certain notes, you know. I, you know, I'm free. I use all of them, right? Uh, all at the same time sometimes, right? Uh, and so... <clears throat> 
you know, uh, he, he made us free, amen? So, praise God. It's, uh, uh, we thank him for his goodness and mercy, amen? Um, well, let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5. We'll, we'll continue there today. We have been teaching uh, through the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And um, I'm amazed as going through this, you know, uh, in the verses, how many different topics Jesus covered. And of course, you know, th- this is, um, you know, you can read this in just a matter of, uh, uh, really it's three chapters, right? So you can read that in a matter of minutes. That, that, they didn't give us all the detail that Jesus said, right? I'm sure that, because uh, th- this, uh, this event occurred uh, over, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over several days of time, right? At the end of it, then he, he fed the 5,000. Uh, and so, you know, they're there for hours at a time, right? I mean, he, Jesus could have preached. He's Jesus, right? He could have preached for 23 hours and taken an hour off or something. And uh, so there, this was a long dissertation. You know, they were there. Uh, and um, I can't imagine that church today would put up with, with that, right? Well, you know, we're going to start at 8 a.m., and we're going to take a break at noon, and we're going to come back, and we'll preach till 8 p.m., right? About 12 hours a day. Uh, we're going to do that for several days, and you're going to be happy about it, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's 12.01, and people are like, Yo, is, it, is it over yet? Is it, has, has he started this last? You all do fine, you know, but... Um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, there, there was a, a listener like Brother Hagen. He would go to churches and he would have revivals to last seven, eight, uh, one time lasted nine weeks. Every day, uh, sometimes two services a day. He usually would take Saturdays off, uh, but two services a day for nine weeks. Amen. Anybody ready to do that? Uh, and so, <laughs> um, you know, we try. That's right. Um, but, um, uh, and, I, you know, I just sense in my heart that, uh, that at some point the churches will, will need to go back to some of those things. I don't know if we need to have two services a day every single day forever. Uh, but in some of these special services, you know, I've just been, um, in my heart, I would like us to do some uh, maybe a five-day services or something, you know, and, and um, have, have uh, some extended services here at our church because it's really helpful. I've been to lots and lots of these uh, conferences over the years all over the country and and uh, they're a blessing, amen? We bring people in that, that uh, know how to preach, and um, they're a blessing. They're life-changing, amen? Because a lot of times they're, they're good when you take that time out of your life to do that. They, good, they, they help you reset your life back in order, amen? Get back to where you need to be and where you want to be, amen? Uh, and so uh, we had talked about um, uh, already about the, being the salt and the light uh, and about Jesus coming to fulfill the law. Uh, and so now we're, we're down to, uh, to um, and we talked last week about being the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Are we the righteous of God in Christ Jesus? Uh, why are we the righteousness of God? Because of Jesus, amen. The righteousness of the Pharisees was based upon their performance, right? Could they keep the law without, fail, without failure? Uh, and that's pretty tough, right? Because it means every day you've got to have a list of all the things you can do, can't do. Uh, for us, our righteousness is not based upon our performance. Our righteousness is based upon our relationship with the Lord Jesus. And that's a lot easier, amen? Uh, and so uh, what you'll find is everything in the New Testament is much easier than everything in the Old Testament, amen? Because we don't have to depend upon our performance. We can depend upon just our faith uh, in the Son of God. Uh, and so we get down to uh, verse 21 here. And Jesus says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, 
shall be in danger of the council, and whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. So uh, this is just a wonderful message right here, right? Uh, Jesus talking about these things. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he mentions uh, uh, the, the, one of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not kill. That's the, sixth, that's the sixth commandment, right? Thou shalt not kill. And, of course, we know if you go back and study these things, uh, he's talking about thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder, right? And so even in our legal system, there is a legal distinction between murder and killing somebody. Uh, and so murdering is killing somebody without cause and killing somebody if you're in a, if you have self-defense, you know, somebody's harm, trying to bring harm to you or to your family, you know, and you end up uh, killing somebody, well, you're not going to be charged with anything, you know, at least not in any normal uh, uh, area of the country uh, because it was self-defense. Yeah, and so that's what he's talking about. He, but, he, but he said, uh, uh, this is one of those the verses where Jesus is starting to make the transition because in the Old Testament, it was thou shalt not kill. And you think about what somebody that's legalistic would do with that verse, right? Uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. And so somebody that's legalistic says, so everything else up to that point is fair game, right? So I could maim them, I could take a leg out, right? I could shoot them in the kneecap. That's okay, right? So long as you don't kill them and murder them, without, that's fine, right? Because that's what legalistic people do. They'll find they'll find the law, and they go right up to the edge of that law, right? Uh, well, I put them in a coma for six months, but they're alive. They're on life support, you know, so I'm good, right? And, and uh, don't we do the same thing? We try to find out where we can go, how far up to the edge of, of the goodness of God we can go uh, without getting in trouble, right? Uh, and, and I have known Christians like that all my Christian life. People who just, you know, they're not interested in being right in the middle of God. They want to be right on the edge of God, right? They want to be right on the edge of what's, what's, what's my limit? How far can I go before I'm in trouble, right? Well, why, why is that your goal? Why is your goal to find the edge, right? Well, you know, uh, of course, we all find the edge when we're driving, right? Speed limit's 55, you know, but then, you know, they got about a 10 mile an hour limit on that, you know, so I can go, I can go like 64 and I'm good, right? Uh, and of course, you know, I tend to live about 64 miles an hour right there, you know, and if I'm not looking, you know, it's like 74, you know, I don't even want to have speed limits at all. It's just a waste of time to me, but that's another whole discussion. But don't we do that? We find the, we find the edge, right? Find the limit, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, I've, so far, I've never got a ticket at 64 miles an hour, right? Uh, and, and, you know, that's between you and know, if you, well, you know, angels don't fly faster than 55 miles an hour, whatever, you know. I mean, you, you live how you want to. I'm going to live how I want to, right? Uh, and so, uh, but when dealing with people, we try to find, Lord, Lord, what can I get away with without getting in trouble? And that's really the wrong mentality. And so Jesus, he's, trying to, he's starting to make a transition here because it's not about the action. See, the Old Testament, it was all about what's your actions? What can I observe that you're doing to get you in trouble or not get you in trouble? And Jesus said, it's really in your heart. The issue is what's on the inside of you, right? Later on, he talks about that it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Amen. Uh, and the words, he said, the words you speak, right, are, are important words. What comes out of you is what's important, not just... Not just what you do, but what's on the inside of you is what's important. Uh, and, and that's the life of the Christian is not so much about what, what did you do naturally, what, what did you do that I can observe in the natural realm, but what's really the intent of your heart? And, uh, and so that's really odd for these people to hear that, right? He said, you've heard of old that it was said, thou shalt not kill. But I'm saying to you, you can't even be angry with your brother, right? Uh, and so, uh, and so we, need to, we need to look at that, thou shalt not kill, Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But he said, Whosoever shall be angry with his, with, with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And he goes through three, three levels of judgment. Now, and, you know, you could take verse 22 and you could really, you know, say things that, that I don't believe are there in the verse where people try to 
say there's different places of judgment and things like that. I think the point that Jesus is trying to get across here is there, there is, um, as far as sins go, you know, all sin is coming short of the glory of God. Uh, but, you know, in eternity, we find, in, in, and I don't really want to go into that much detail about those things. We'll find the different verses, but there are different places where it seems that, that if you commit certain atrocities uh, and you end up in hell, that there's greater punishments even in hell, right, for people who do certain things. And, and I don't really want to go in that particular direction because why, are we, why, why do we care in a sense of, well, I only get this much punishment for this sin, you know, but I get that much punishment for that sin. Well, why are you trying to say that this sin's okay, right? Uh, we want to we live in this place where we're not looking for a loophole, amen? We're not looking for, well, Lord, I can get away with this, and, you know, I'm only going to lose 10 years off my life, so I, I, I'm good with that. That's, that's not the plan we should have, right? Uh, he said, don't be angry with your brother without a cause. So now he's talking about what's on the inside. And so uh, here, here's the thing about that, about, angry, uh, about anger. He said that, uh, that you do not need to be angry with your brother without a cause. So now he's starting to get into the emotional realm of, of humanity. And, and, and we could spend, I mean, I could spend probably six months just talking about emotions and and how we deal with emotions. And so we're not going to spend six months talking about it, but I do want to spend a little time on it. And one of the things that you'll find, find the Word of God, we're going to look at some other verses, is the Word of God is very clear that you have a right to be in charge of your emotions. You have a right for your emotions to answer to you and not for you to answer to your emotions. And so many, so many people that I know, and, and Jesus specifically deals with anger because anger is one of those emotions that, you know, well, I'm just a hot-headed person. And you just blow up at everything, right? The light's red, they explode, right? If the, the, the biscuits are burned, they explode. I mean, whatever it is, they just, whatever the thing that just sets me off, right? Other things, it, it's, they're fine with, but certain things, it just, uh, they explode and, and they appear to be out of control. And they use that as an excuse. I just can't help it. I can't help, you know, my brother did this and I just can't help being mad at him. And yet Jesus said, you can do that. And if Jesus says you can do that, that means... You can do that, right? Now, to me, that's good news because, you know, I, now, I, I don't know if you, how you grew up. You know, I grew up with just mad all the time, right? I'm the youngest of 11. You'd have to be mad all the time being the youngest of 11, right? Because they pick on me and beat me up, you know, and pig pile on me. And just, you know, my brother would, uh, of course, my brother Mike, he's gone now, uh, but uh, he, would, he would lock me in the basement, right? He'd, he'd make me because my parents would go out. Uh, they would go, you know, uh, go out wherever they went out, you know. I don't know what because we never went out anywhere. So they went out places, you know, uh, and so... He would say, you go down to the basement and get me ice cream. You know, and if I said no, he, you know, he was like a high school track star, you know, and he could bench press about 350 at a time, and he would just hit you, just punch you across the room, you know, and, just, and he didn't care, right? You crying and bawling and squalling, you know, and, and, I, and when I was a kid, like five or six years, I used to cry with one eye open because if you cry one, then you could see if they're going to hit you again, right? And so, you know, most people cry with two eyes, you know, that's not very smart. If you're going to cry, cry with one eye open. That way, if they're going to hit you again, you can duck or run or something, right? Uh, and so... He would send me down to the basement where the, in the scary, because we, we had an old farmhouse, right? Scary basement, you're only allowed to have one light bulb in the whole basement, right? You know, uh, I was putting lights in the basement. I'm like, it's daylight, right? I mean, it's like, you know, have to wear sunglasses to go down there now, right? But, uh, uh, but when I, you know, like one bulb, into like 30-watt bulb, you know, and it flicker, you know, it really didn't do all that, but I'm, I'm being a little bit dramatic there. But, but it was scary, right? I mean, it was, it's, it, when you're this tall, everything's scary, right? And so... So the door opened out, right? And so I'd go down the steps to the creaky steps to the, and he had to go down the steps and across the, 
to the very back corner. I don't know why they put it the farthest place they could, but they put it the farthest place they could uh, in the basement where the, where the uh, their ice cream was. And of course, we never had ice cream growing up. This was, you know, ice cream was for mom and dad and, and for my brother Mike when the parents were gone. And otherwise, you know, I didn't know what ice cream was. And uh, when I was, I think I was 12 or 13 years old, we moved and uh, and so we, my dad built a three-car garage, and, uh, and so he, wanted, he graveled the, the driveway, right? So a three-car garage from there to the, road, to the road. And so he brought in, you know, I don't know, what, 18 dump truck loads of gravel. And, and we, we just did it ourselves. We got shovels, and we, we moved all this gravel by hand. There was no, no bobcats or anything like that, you know. Nowadays, I'd look at it and go, I'm renting me a bobcat, you know, or, or paying somebody else to do it, right? I'm not, you know, a shovel, what in the world, right? And so... At the, at the end of a hot day, hot summer day of doing this manual labor, we went and got a, 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 an ice cream cone at the ice cream shop. And, and I thought, now this is what I thought. I thought, wow, this was really worth it. I did all this work and I got an ice cream cone. Man, life is good. You know, that, see, nowadays we'd be like, are you kidding me, right? What's wrong with you? That's all I got was an ice cream cone. You know, but when, you're, when you've never had ice cream and you get an ice cream, you think it's pretty special, right? And so... So, so I couldn't actually partake of the, I had to just go get it. And so, uh, but he, he would, uh, he, he would uh, uh, lock me uh, in the basement, right? Uh, and, and, and so I'd have to go up this, and the light switch was on the outside of the door, not on the inside, like it's supposed to be, right? And so, so he would wait till I got all the way down there and he'd flip the light off, lock the door, and I'd be, you know, just screaming, ah, you know, just, you know, beside myself because I'm just, you know, I didn't know Psalm 34 existed back then, right? Uh, and so I'm completely terrified outside my wits there. Uh, and that's my life. That's how I grew up, right? And so I'm just angry, just an angry person. And, and I'd get in fights all the time at school. And, uh, and, and I think I told you my first day of first grade, first day of first grade, uh, uh, this third grader, I had a pencil, right? Now, look, I, I grew up poor. A pencil was a big deal, my pencil, right? I grew up poor, with, and, and a pencil was a big deal. Uh, and so this third grader wanted my pencil. It's like, you haven't met me yet, have you? I'm the youngest of 11. I've been through combat training for like six years, right? You know, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a special forces, right? I'm a SEAL. I'm all these things, right? I really wasn't any of those things, right? But, but, but uh, I could get beat up a lot and take a lot of... Lot, lot of uh, a lot of abuse, and so, uh, but I got in a fight, first grade, first, first day of first grade, uh, and, uh, but not that it's youthful lust, but the third grader left without my pencil, right, he didn't get my pencil, uh, and so, I mean, there are some hills that are worthy to die on, you know, I was ready to die on that hill of my pencil uh, as a first grader, and so, but that's just the way I grew up, just angry all the time, right, getting in fights all the time, and, and just mad, just, and it wasn't about anything in particular, just that it was, you know, you're just used to fighting your way through life. And, and you know, some people don't grow up that way, and that's fine. Uh, and, and, and that really carried on even after I became a Christian, just angry, just, you know, things that set you off. Uh, and I didn't know these verses existed. I know Jesus preached these things. I didn't know this was in the Bible. I didn't know that I had a right and a privilege to live being in control of my emotions. And then I started reading the Word of God and realized, you know, Jesus said you can't do this. You can't be angry at your brother without cause. Amen. Uh, and, if, and if he says that, see, what we read between the lines, what we realize, if he says that, then I can live that way. If he says that I can live without being angry uh, at my brother without cause, then I can live that way. And people will look at that and go, you can't do that. Well, Jesus said you must do that. If he said you must do that, that means you can do that. 
See, what, ha- what happens uh, in, in our society, uh, and, and look, I, I'm not opposed to, to therapists and psychologists and that type of thing uh, because those people have helped people. But they're not the biblical way to do things. They will get you some relief. They will get you some assistance, just like, like natural medicine. They will keep you alive long enough, right, to get in faith. And so if that's sufficient, if that's helpful, fine. You know, I'd encourage you to do that. If you need to go to, you know, counseling or, or uh, different support groups, I'm fine with those things. Amen. Personally, I don't need them because the word of God tells me how I can live. And once you, once you learn this, you realize, you know, I don't have to go to those things. Now, look, don't ever run anybody down for going to those things. If that helps them, let it help them. Amen. Don't ever, don't ever look down on somebody because they do those things and they need help. But sometimes when you go to those, those meetings, what they'll tell you is you're this way and you'll always be that way, right? If, you're, if you go to like Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to stand up. If you've been dry for 20 years, you've got to say, I'm so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic. And so they never let you get past that. Uh, and they'll tell you you shouldn't ever get past that. You can totally get past that. According to the Word of God, you can totally get past that, amen? So, so use those support groups as you need to. If, if you need those things, it's fine, right? It's not a problem. Uh, you do whatever it takes to be successful in this life. But what you want to strive to is, well, then, Lord, I'm going to get to this place of faith. I want to get to the place where I live by faith. Where if Jesus says uh, that I don't have to be angry if I don't want to be, then I, I can live that way. Amen? Uh, and so if this is the case, then, uh, then we can choose to live this way. And so so uh, where it says ang- angry, now, the, the thing we've got to appreciate is who gave us emotions? God created emotions in us, amen? So, uh, you know, what, what some people do is they play mind games and they remove all emotions from their life. They're just kind of a lump. You ever know people like that? You know, hey, how's it going? I'm fine, you know. You having a great day? I'm doing okay. You know, I mean, if they won the lottery, yeah. I mean, we, we watched one of those lotteries, you know, they won a lottery and they bought a bunch of stuff, so it's interesting to see how people waste their money. And so uh, one guy, how much did he win? Like, uh, well, you gotta, I'll tell you the story before you remember which one it was, right? But he won like a bunch of money, right? Hundreds of, more than hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he said, yeah, it'd have been nice if it had been a bit, little bit more. See, that, that's, kind of, that's not what we do, right? We don't, we don't take our emotions and we just, we're not suppressing our emotions. That's the thing, right? Because uh, they tell you, well, you just suppress your emotions. You know, don't, don't show any emotions. And of course, you know, as men, we're required by law not to ever show any emotions, right? And so, you know, we're, we're manly men, we're not going to show any emotions. But that, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about where you're living where those emotions aren't in you, right? Where the emotions, that if they're there, your spirit man says, shut up, go to your room. Your spirit man that, let, that is made in the image and likeness of God, it controls your emotions. And, and as it senses emotions rise up, your spirit man just goes, nope. You know, uh, as my kids were getting older, what they, what they learned is <clears throat> if I tell them to do something, I just had to tell them to do something once. You know, I wasn't like, you better not do that. I, mean, I told you not to do that. You do that one more time, I'm going to do it. And six more times, you do that one more time. And, you know, it, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't raise our children that way. We just said, don't do that. Uh, and, and it got to a point where, where I could just look at them and I could just do, and they knew that was enough. Uh, and, you know, usually they would, they would try, because, you know, the law, right? So, oh, that's the law. So they'd take it right up to the law and they would try it one more time. And we'd take him to the bedroom. We'd sit him down on the bed. We'd say, why are we here? You know, what did you do? What did I tell you to do? And so whose choice is it to be here, right? We'd go through the whole, and we'd, every single time, we'd say, every time, whose choice is it to be here? 
And I make him say, it's, it's their choice, right? It, it was my choice for them to be there. So do I, do, did I want you to be here? No, I told you what to do not to be here, amen? And so, uh, so, uh, so that, you know, they, they, didn't, they, they, would try, they would try to find that limit all the time, amen? Uh, and so we find in the Word of God where we get to choose, amen? It's our choice whether or not we're going to allow this anger to rise up to where, in the context of what Jesus is talking about, it's anger that rises up where you want to kill somebody. Amen? Now look, how many regular people in society are running around killing everybody? Nobody. But have you ever, you ever gotten mad at somebody and you thought, you know, I know that one bolt on that, on that brake line. I could loosen that one bolt, and I know they go down the hill every day. I could do it. I could do it right now. I'd plumb do it, you know. But do you think, well, I'd be, I'd be arrested, you know. But see, you're already thinking the whole thing through, right? And that's what Jesus, you know, what we'll find as we go further, Jesus is talking about, if you're dwelling on it, planning on it, scheming on it, you know, and at the end you go, I just don't think I could pull it off. But if I could, I would. But I don't think, I, th- I think they'd catch me, right? And, and so, see, that's the issue, right? It's not, that, uh, it's not that you actually carried it out. It's that you're planning, you're scheming, you, you've thought of five different ways, you know. Uh, you know, I, I know... I know arsenic, you know, it comes from, what, what's it, I don't, where does arsenic come from? I don't know, wherever it comes from, right? now. I can get a little bit of that, you know, put it in there, and I watch that one, you know, crime show, show on TV, they could do that, and they'll never, never notice it, right? And, and I, I'm pretty sure I could do that. And you already, you already thought of six different ways to do it. Well, that's the issue, right? Because anger, ang, anger, where you're scheming and planning and, and plotting their demise, right? Uh, and, and so, and I, you know, I used to do this a lot. I was working with this one guy, you know, he, uh, and we used, to, we used to go through all these scenarios, and this is way a long time ago, right, before I figured out I shouldn't do this, but I would think of every, you know, some, some would get caught at a crime, and I think, well, you know, what they should have done is this. You know, they're robbing a bank. Well, they should have gone in the back door instead of, you know, gone in the front door, right? And if they should have, you know, done this right here, and that would have been way better, right? And the guy looked at me one time, he said, I'm just glad you're not a criminal because, you know, uh, you, you'd have figured all these things out. And so it's not about that you can't have emotions, amen? It's not about that that uh, you've got to suppress the emotions. It's you have to remember you are in charge of your emotions. Your emotions are not you. You are a spirit being. As a Christian, as a child of God, you are a spirit being. Your emotions answer to your spirit being. Amen? Uh, in, in the world, and even in psychology, they don't understand that there's a dis- distinction between who you are and how you feel. They think that those are the two the same, and you can't separate those two. You can totally separate those two, Right? And so what they do is they have things called anger management classes, right? Uh, and, and again, you know, if that's necessary to keep you from harming somebody, go to anger management class. But that's not, a, that's not a perfectly biblical way to approach it. You're not managing your anger. You're putting your anger uh, under the authority of your spirit being. And when you start sensing that anger, anger to rise up, you just look at it and just go, I ain't doing it. I refuse to allow that anger to rise up, boil up, and explode. I'm going to cut it off before it gets to that point. And that's what Jesus is telling. Now, they didn't, these people did not have the ability to do this. They were not born again. They didn't have the Spirit of God on the inside of them. They, the, their spirits weren't made new. Amen? And so he's, it's a transition. He's saying, this is how you're going to live after I go to the cross. This is things that you need to remember after I go to the cross, and I empower you to live this way. And see, much of the church, they don't live this way at all. Most of the church just lives if they feel it, you know. And I've heard lots of Christians act like, well, if I feel it, I should do it. That's, that's just dumb. 
That doesn't make any sense. That's not at all what the Word of God says. Amen? Yes, your emotions are real. Amen? And so we're not saying those emotions are not real. We're not acting like, well, just act like they're not there. They are there, and they're real. And, and if you haven't learned how to live this way, it's, it, it's a real effort to get there. Amen? But once you learn how to get there, then it's pretty easy going through life. Something go, rises up, and you go, I just, I'm not going to allow myself to, to, to go down that path. Because like I said, when I, when I grew up, I would, get, I would get so angry, I would be beside myself. I remember one time I was probably in third grade or so, I was fighting a bunch of kids one time, and I got so angry. I, just, I, was just, I would just close my eyes and just hitting anything in, around me. And finally, the teacher ran up and grabbed my arm, right? And then put me in, you know, detention or wherever she did. You know, he put you in the, in the hole, right? As a third grader, you know, you got put in the hole. Uh, and so I got put in a hole a lot growing up. And, and I know you could see that, right? You could say, oh, yeah, he's a really angry, angry person, right? Uh, and, and so uh, it's so funny because my kids, you know, something, something happened. And, 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 you know, I won't like it. And they go, Mom, Dad's mad. And I told them once, I said, you don't even know what mad is, right? I mean, when I was growing up, my parents were mad. Wallpaper gets taken off the walls because of all the cussing and screaming and hollering. You know, I'd get mad at home with the kids, and I, I would just stop talking, right? And that, oh, Dad's mad, you know. They, 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 fortunately, they have never seen the, the, the mad chip, right? Uh, and so, so uh, are your emotions real? They are real. Have you ever been angry at your brother? Uh, have you been so mad that you even want to harm them, right? Even kill them, right? To the point, uh, and in our society, you know, well, we don't want to get there, but but that anger has rise to, has risen in all of our lives, no doubt, amen. But Jesus said, you know, we're not going to live that way. Now, now look, did Jesus ever get angry? He did, right? And, and we're there in, in Matthew five. Let's turn over to Mark chapter five. So, so again, uh, a lot of times we think, well, my the answer to this is for me to remove all emotions out of my life. That, that's really, that's sad because then you can't express happiness and joy. You know, I like, to, I like to cut up all the time. I like to tell jokes all the time. I like to just have fun. I just laugh all the time. I and mean, people sometimes think that there's something wrong with me, you know. I told you the lady, lady fussed at me because I was parked on the wrong side of the road. I thought it was the funniest thing that she cared. Where I parked? Well, you're parking the wrong way. Is it your road? Did you pay for that road right there? I mean, did you pave it yourself and paint it yourself? I mean... Is anybody harmed? Because I'm thinking, because I'm thinking, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Somebody cares that I parked going the wrong way on the other side of the road because the other spots were taken, right? And so after that, I intentionally parked over there, you know, because sometimes you just, you know, but, but, um, but I just started laughing at her because she's fussing at me, just fussing at me, you know. And she said, why are you laughing? Because I said, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard, you know. I didn't get angry, you know, because you get to a point where I'm just not going to get angry because people are stupid. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get angry because because somebody is fussing at me. Uh, you know, as people tell me things, and I'll just start laughing. Why are you laughing? Because in, in my heart, nothing is important except for the Lord Jesus. Just, I just can't find anything in this life that's, that's important compared to the Lord Jesus. And so if things happen, it's like, well, it happened, right? Whatever, you know. And, and people just get so mad at things, just angry all the time. Uh, you know, it's not that we have to enjoy things that happen, you know, and I'm not saying be weird about, oh, I'm, you know, I laugh because I got, a, I got the flu, right? That's weird, right? Uh, uh, I'm not talking about those types of things. Uh, and, but here Jesus is, in Mark chapter, what did I say, Mark chapter 5, I think it was Mark chapter 3 is where I want to be. Uh, in Mark chapter 3, uh, it said, let's start in verse 1 here, it says, and he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him 
whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. Now, there, uh, we talked a little bit about this, I think, in healing school. There's actually no law in the Old Testament that says, thou shalt not heal on the Sabbath day. But, uh, because the, the, the Old Testament says, keep the Sabbath holy. So what all the legalistic people said, okay, what that means is, here's a list of things you can't do, right? The Old Testament says, just keep it holy, right? Uh, and that's, and, and see, as, as a spirit person, you go, okay, well, the Lord wants us to not be greedy and try, work seven days a week and spend some time with the Lord. That's what he really is going to get to. But, you know, if, if something happens and your, your ox is in a ditch, you know, it's okay. Go get it. You know, if, if your children are hungry, it's okay to feed them, right? It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's what's your heart's intent. It, that's the way he wanted the Old, Old Testament even to be perceived, but they didn't like that. They wanted the, the legalism of it. Uh, and so there's no law that says you can't heal, but they added that as, well, here's what that means to keep the Sabbath holy. And one of them is, well, if they're dying, you can, you know, you can put them on life support, but, uh, and you can put a Band-Aid to stop the bleeding, but you can't put any like, ointment on the, on the wound to make it heal faster, because that's work. So you can keep them alive, but you can't make them feel better. Right? That's tomorrow. You can do that on Monday, but you can't do that on Sunday. Right? And so Monday, you can put the, the Neosporin stuff on them. Right? You know, the, uh, that's fine. But not on Sunday, because that's work. So that, that's stupidity, right? But that's how they thought. They, they, everything was a law. Everything was legalistic. So they're watching him to, so that they might accuse him. So, so you know, he can be nice and, and, and go pet on somebody that's sick. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're sick. I'm so sorry that you've got a withered hand. You can't work, you know. That's okay. But you can't actually help them if they've got a withered hand, right? And be good to them. No, that's, you know, we can't do that. that that's, that's, that's ungodly, right? And, of course, how is the only way you can heal somebody? By the power of God. And the thing that amazed me is, is how could you not, the, the only way he could heal somebody, of course, they later on they accused him of doing it by, by the power of the devil, but they knew it was the power of God. But they still wouldn't accept it, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's just like people have a hard time sometimes with, with, with women preachers, and we're just going to go down this rabbit path for a second, uh, women preachers. And the thing I've always thought odd is, well, if they're anointed, and they've got revelation from heaven that they couldn't get any other way, who am I to, to say, well, that's wrong? I mean, we can go through the Bible. I could show you the, Bible, the scriptures why that, that whole mentality is wrong. But if the Lord's anointing somebody, who am I to say, well, that, you know, women preachers are wrong. Well, did she teach you anything? Well, she taught me a lot of things, but, you know, still wrong. Well, how did she learn those things except from the Spirit of God? Amen? It's just dumb. It's just dumb, you know, it's dumb thinking, right? Sometimes we're just, we get so legalistic about things that we don't listen to our brains. And so, so they were watching him. And he said in verse 3, unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And they said unto him, and he said unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Well, uh, I mean, that's kind of a Captain Obvious question, right? Is it lawful to do good? See, see they said, well, you can't do certain good things on the Sabbath because that's work. So that's, that's against the law. But Jesus said, you know, he, he never meant the Sabbath to be this thing where they worshiped the day. And that's what they did. They worshiped the day. And so they just, they made all kinds of crazy rules and regulations to, to interpret one verse from the Lord. Uh, but what was their answer? They held their peace. The, the thing that I have observed in my Christian walk is people with doubt and unbelief can withstand no scrutiny. You can't ever ask them a question. If you ask a person that is full of doubt and unbelief a question, well, why, don't you think a good God would do that? Don't you think a good God will heal? 
They've got no answer for you. They'll hold their peace. Because doubt and unbelief cannot withstand any, any questioning at all. Just shut up and do it. Uh, you know, and, and of course, that's not, I'm not made that way. I ask questions about everything. Lord, why'd you do that? Why, why'd you do it that way? They held their peace. And when he looked around about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of the hearts, he said unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. That word anger there, you know, there's a couple different levels of anger in the, in the Bible. This anger here is the same anger that he talks about it in Matthew chapter 5. That level of anger, so mad, so mad, right? Because, uh, uh, what, but for Jesus, see, his anger here did not turn into, I'm going to kill you all. Because if he, if he had just said, okay, all of you are done, that would have been the end of their life right there, right? He could have done that, right? Now, he shouldn't have done it. Because, I mean, he had the power, technically the power to do it. Uh, but, uh, but he didn't do that, right? So what, what did his anger turn into? His anger turned into grief. You know, it just, it, it, hurt, his, it hurt his heart. It grieved his heart that they couldn't have enough compassion to see a, a person uh, who was ill to see them want to be well more than to, to support their legalism. And it just, it just angered him. But see, his anger didn't turn into the hatred of wanting to murder these people. His anger turned into grief of, of really the grief was due to the compassion he had for the man and really the compassion he had for them that it grieved him that they couldn't see that. Right? He was grieved because they couldn't see the value of showing compassion to somebody. That's what his anger turned into. And so, so it's not wrong to have emotions, right? It's not wrong to be angry. It's not wrong to, those, to these things. But see, back in Matthew chapter 5, he said, uh, angry without cause. And even, even some translations think that that might be an added clause there. Uh, but the, the intent of Matthew chapter 5 is anger that leads to the desire to harm somebody where you allow that anger to continue to boil and to fester and to, uh, and to not deal with it uh, to the point that now you're thinking thoughts of, okay, I think I could take him out, right? Uh, and see, uh, in the Old Testament, that anger would lead them to go, well, I'm going to go maim them, you know, make them, you know, uh, uh, put them in, in, in uh, a cast for six weeks, but see, that's okay because I didn't kill them, right? So I can take it right up to the edge. But Jesus said, you know, if your anger is leading to thoughts of somebody's demise, then you're out of order. Amen. And see, what Jesus could see is even though they were wrong, you know, those, those people that were judging him for wanting to help this man with a withered hand, uh, he still grieved in his heart towards them. That's what his anger led to. Amen. And see, if you could see things the way the, way the Lord sees them, and, and that's, you know, that's been one of the best revelations for me is in a lot of situations, I look at that and, and I say, well, let's look at that from the Lord's perspective. Because we get so angry, you know, in, I mean, right now in politics, everybody's angry about everything. I mean, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter, you're angry, right? If, you're, if somebody's got a different letter than you got, you're angry at them, right? It's just, it just so much, and it's just nobody can have a conversation anymore. And nobody can disagree anymore, you know. I disagree with you, I'm going to shoot you. You know, that's, you know, can we just not go to lunch maybe or something? Why does it have to go from this all the way to, you know, I'm going to bury you in the backyard and cancel your entire life. I'm going to make you lose your job and make you lose your income. And I mean, I'm going to ruin your whole life because you don't agree with me. That's just, that's insanity, right? But that's where we are. We're, we, we are in our society. We're in Matthew chapter five. Everything we disagree on, I'm going to, I'm going to plot your demise as much as I can. Uh, and Instead, we should see things from the Lord's perspective. 
You think the Lord sees all this? He sees it every day. Is he just up in, up in heaven just going, I can't wait to get him. You, one more time. You just, just try me one more time. And is he on the edge in heaven? No, he's not on the edge of heaven. What's he doing? Now, his heart, is, is his heart grieved when he sees people being unkind to people? It is grieved, right? Because Jesus was grieved, right? Is he God? He's God. So God can be grieved, right? In fact, doesn't the word of God in the epistle say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? We have the capacity as human beings to grieve the Holy Spirit, to grieve God, to grieve Jesus. That's amazing, right? That we, that we made out of dust and clay can cause the Almighty in heaven to be grieved, and yet we can. But see, he's grieved because his heart is broken for us. That if you could just see, if you could just see the value of this human being right here, that his hand is withered, and he would be much better off with a healed hand so that he can work. You know, back then, everybody worked, right? Nowadays, you know, I mean, it's 50-50, right? But, but uh, back then, you had to work, right? Or you sat on a, on a street and begged for food. I mean, that's it. You got two choices, either work or beg. There was, there was no welfare programs. There was no government. And I'm not opposed to those things. They're, they're a mercy that helps people. Uh, but, but see, uh, that, that anger that Jesus had uh, turned into, into the grief of, for them for the people that were wrong, because he saw it from God's perspective. And if you could see people from God's perspective, see, it'd be easier for you not to, not to plot their demise. You can see people from God's perspective and go, you know, Lord, they're, they're messed up. They're messed up bad. And you, but you love them. And you, even though they're messed up and, and, and I'm really angry at them, you still love them. And, uh, and you will do anything you can to help them, if you can. Uh, and so, you know, Jesus did not plot their demise. Uh, he allowed that anger. Now, he was angry, right? Uh, and I have been angry at plenty of things, amen? So it's not, it's not wrong to be angry. It's wrong to be angry where then you allow that anger to turn into plotting and scheming and, 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 uh, and you know, if I just tell their boss or if I expose this thing on Facebook or if I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just people put craziest things on Facebook, right? Just, just you know, uh, why, are you, why are you telling everybody in the world this, right? There's so many things where if you just let it go. Well, I can't let it go. See, that's, that's, the, that's the anger that Jesus is talking about there in Matthew chapter 5. If you can't let it go, then your emotions are your God. That event is your God. That person is your God. If you can't let it go, then, then you are serving a God other than the Lord Jesus himself. Amen? And now people don't like that, but if there's anything that you say you can't do, then that thing is your God. If there's anything you can't give up, then that thing is your God. You might as well build an altar paint it, rub its belly every day, whatever you got to do, uh, because that is your God. And I'm, I refuse to serve anything in this world other than the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to serve you. If you're unkind to me, I'm not going to, because what happens is, is an event occurs, somebody is, is unkind towards us, and we will think about them for the next 50 years. And, and just, uh, you know, uh, Brother Hagee tells a story that, that uh, he'd taken over a, a church there, and he was there, he'd only been there a week, and this lady came up to him and, and said, uh, 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 Pastor Hagen, she said, I want to tell you a story before, before you hear from anybody else. And, you, of course, you always know that's a, that's a real problem right there, right? She said, I want, I want you to know uh, what, this, what this other woman did uh, in the church. Uh, he, she said, she stole my boyfriend. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, uh, and, and, well, she went on and she said, uh, and I just want you to know that, that, that I've forgiven her but I'll never forget what that witch did to me, right? Something to that effect. 
and, and you know, that's the thing. People, people say, I've forgiven her, but I won't forget. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Because if you're thinking about them, you haven't forgotten them. You haven't forgiven them. Amen. And he says, so when did this happen? And so she started counting one, two, three, four, five. So he's thinking like, you know, five days ago, five weeks ago, whatever, six, seven, she said, uh, eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago, she stole her boyfriend, right? Eight years ago. Uh, and he looked at her and said, he said, ma'am, he said, you're lying. You know, there ain't no way if, you, if you've forgiven her that you'd still be thinking about it eight years later. Amen. Uh, and he said he found out later on that what happened was th- that lady and that, that fella went out on one date, one date only. And he's like, man, she's crazy. I'm never going on with her again. Right. And he ended up getting hooked up with this other lady in the church. Uh, and, and that was a, so so she stole his her boyfriend that she went on a date with one time. Uh, is that how it works? You go on a date one time and, you, you know, your boyfriend t- twice and you're married? I mean, uh, but, um, but see, she allowed this fester for years, years, right? And thinking about it, thinking about what this person did. See, see, that's the anger that Jesus is talking about. If you're still thinking about people, dwelling on what they did to you years later, then you're out of order from the Lord, from the Lord. amen? Because you, you, if, I, if I could, if I could get away with it, I would. See, now, see, you may be too polite to actually follow through, but that's not the issue. It's not that you didn't follow through. It's that you're still thinking about it. You're still meditating on it. And you've got to get to the point where you decide, I can choose whether I think about it or not. You know, all the stories I tell you about what, what happened in my church, you know, even the stories I tell you about my brother, you know, locking me in a basement and those scary things like that. I don't ever think about those except when I'm in a pulpit and it's a good story, right? Oh, yeah, this happened to me, right? This would be a great story. But other than that, you know, do I, you, you ever hear me at home going, oh, I had such a hard childhood. It was so bad. And I'm an orphan. I don't have a parents now. And just, they were so mean to me. And I never got to eat ice cream. And, do I ever cry like that at all? Do I ever care? Because you know what? I just go buy all the ice cream I want to. I'll eat the whole tub if I have to. You know, I'll just, you, show, you, you tell me I'm going to eat the whole thing, right? And I have tried. I haven't been successful yet. But, you know, we're, we're working up to it. But, uh, and so, so Jesus, you know, he, he's changing things, right? This is a big change. Uh, and, and even the church has not got a hold of these messages. The church as a whole has not lived this way. The church as a whole said, if I've got an emotion, whether it's sadness or depression or anger or whatever the emotion is, then, then there's nothing I can do about it. I've just got to ride it out. And that's the way I, I was raised, right? I was raised that if you have an emotion, you, it's just got to, it's going to take a few days to deflate, right? You get all puffed up, and just, after a while you go, but it's going to take me a while, right? It's not going to get over immediately. It's going to take me a while. And I know I've told you this story many times, but, it, but it, it'll help you because it, it's been one of the greatest revelations the Lord's ever showed me. But I was mad. You know, we, we've been married uh, by that time. That was, in, uh, well, about 10, 12 years or so and, and, uh, because we were living at Belmont Drive. And uh, Chris did something, and I got mad. And I can't even tell you what she did, right? Because she's perfect, so it was clearly nothing she did. It's something that I perceived that she did, right? She didn't actually do it, but I thought she did it, right? And so I was mad about it, and just mad, you know, just mad. You ever been just mad? Just somebody does something, you're just mad, right? And, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, you could go through the therapy of, well, how did it make you feel, right? How did your mama do you? And look, I mean, I know being a little facetious about that, again, if that helps you, I'm okay with it, right? But sometimes they can take it to a point where it's all about, it's all about uh, your emotions and you can't ever do with it. You've got, you got to learn to, to coexist with these emotions, no, I don't coexist. They answer to me. That's the deal, right? Uh, and so, so I was just mad. Just, and I was getting get ready. Now, see, the ha- whatever happened, happened the day before because I'm up now getting ready for work. So I'm up, get, you know, brushing my teeth, combing my hair, or, or brushing my hair and combing my teeth, one of the two, but doing something, right, getting ready for work. Uh, and, and just, um, but I'm at the mirror in the bathroom. 
And the Lord spoke to me. And, he, and this is what he said. He said, you can stop being mad anytime you want to. And when he said that, the revelation, because when the Lord speaks to you, he brings along revelation where you see, not just he, you hear the words, but you see what he's saying. And I saw what he said. When he said that, I thought, that, that's, I can choose to just stop being mad, just like that. And as soon as he said that, just like that, I was no longer mad, just like that. I mean, just in an instant. You know, it didn't take a day or an hour or a week or sometimes years. Because sometimes people, especially in marriages or, you know, people that are friends with people, they get mad and it'll fester for years. Yeah. Something they did, you know, you know, you left your socks on the, on, the, on, the, on the carpet. You know, I can't believe you did that, right? My wife, like, booby traps the entire house with her shoes, right? She'll put her shoes, she'll find out, you know, where, where, where's the place people walk the most? Okay, I'm going to put my shoes right there, right? But I'm going to do it right before I turn the lights off. So, you know, then, then you trip over her shoes, right? You know, you could just put them a foot over, right? Uh, and, you know, I'm still working on that one. I'm still, you know, uh, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll tell everybody I'm working on that one. And, and, but you've you gotten better, right? Because you haven't booby-trapped any, any things lately, you know. But for years, you know, just like, why'd you put them right there? You could have just, right there, you're fine. But right there, you're going to trip over them, right? And so that's probably what I was mad at. You probably tripped over her shoes. I can't believe, you know, what's wrong with her? She did it on purpose, right? She knew it on purpose, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but the Lord said, any, he said, you can stop being mad anytime you want to. And in that moment, I realized I get to choose. I get to choose how far my anger goes. And if I choose, you know, it, you know may, like I said, I don't have to like that she put your shoes there. Amen? Because who does that, right? I mean, you know, there should be like a law, but there's not a law. And so uh, I don't have to like that she does that. But see, what, what I found is if she does it and I trip over, it's like, well, uh, because I get to choose. See, what, what, what has happened over the years for me is when those same events occur now, they just happen. Like, wow, that should have happened. And instead of letting that anger rise up and then control my life and plot the demise of my wife because of her shoes, I can just like, wow. And I'll just pick them up and move them for her. Because what I realize is Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And that love is infinite, right? That love is the agape love. It's, it's, right now, it's in my heart, right now. And I can choose to yield to it or I can choose to yield to anger. My choice. I'm a spirit being. It's my choice. My emotions answer to me. They don't answer to, I, I don't, I'm not run by emotions. I'm not out of control by emotions. I get to choose how far this goes. So Jesus got ang- angry with them because they were unkind to this man. And there have been lots of times I got angry with somebody here at the church one time many years ago. Somebody was praying in tongues. Heaven forbid, we actually pray in tongues, right? And somebody else uh, comes up to me and says, Pastor, Pastor, they're not supposed to be speaking in tongues, you know, where you can hear them. And just the anger just started rising up at me. Like, I'm going to pinch your little head off. What's it to you if they're praying in tongues? They're not praying to you. What is it your business anyway? You know, just stuff like that does make me anger. Right? You, you trying to harm an innocent person, especially in church? You, you say something against somebody that's not trying to hurt anybody just to stir up something? I mean, you know, just you and me will not be friends. Because that's stuff like that. Because that's, that's the Old Testament says, hands that shed innocent blood. That person praying in tongues wasn't harming anybody. Nobody was getting harmed, right? Uh, no animals were harmed in this, in this movie, right? It, it just, she was just praying in tongues to worship the Lord. But, but little Miss Pharisee over there didn't like it. And I said, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's not what the Bible says. And I'm thinking, you're telling me, the pastor, what the Bible says about speaking in tongues. Do you even know what chapter that you're talking about? No. In, it's chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, in case you want to know. But does she know that? She didn't know that what book, chapter, verse. She just, she just made that up because she wants to be little Miss Busybody, 
right? And she's thinking, I'm going to side with her and think, oh, you're so spiritual. You, no, you know, that, that, you know, you harm innocent people around me, that just that anger, will, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Jesus flipped over tables, right? Uh, money changers, threw them out, you know, and he, and he was angry. People say he wasn't angry. He was angry. You've made my, the, the house of the Lord a, t- a den of thieves. You know, there are things that Jesus is not like. There are things that I don't like. And that anger will rise up. And so it's not that you don't have anger. Amen. But when things that don't matter, like shoes left in the floor, it's like, wow, someone should do something, right? Like, well, I could do something. I could just move those shoes, right? And, and what you'll find is the, those emotions will stay where they're supposed to be. And if they ever try to get out of order, you look at them and go, no. Sadness, depression, no. You know, it's just things aren't going, it just seems like it's every day something else, you know. No, I refuse to think like that. I refuse to have those emotions. Oh, here, here's another thing. No. I hear people say stuff like that all the time as Christians. Oh, just one more thing, just hurt me, you know, they just keep on hurting me, just hurt me again, I'm going to hurt again. No, I'm not thinking that way. My emotions answer to me, amen. I'm a child of the living God. God died for me. Blood was shed for me. Amen. I refuse to live this way. Uh, and so, so now Jesus said, this is the way you're supposed to live. And you know, how many people you think look at that and go, I ain't doing that. There's no way I can live that way. And they'll just take that whole, all the st- teaching of Jesus, just throw it right out the window and act like I'm never responsible to live that way. And yet if Jesus said it, are we responsible? You think when we get to heaven and, and he's going to go, all these things, you got anger. Uh, you got, uh, uh, had anger about somebody or something that was out of control. Yeah, Jesus, I couldn't, I couldn't live that way. I, I had to let it use me all the time. He look at you and like, go to the back of the line. We'll talk about it another thousand years, right? Uh, I don't know how he's going to handle it, but, but uh, it, there's no excuse, amen? There's no excuse that says that I, I can't handle, I can't, uh, uh, I can't control my emotions. Yeah, and I've heard lots of people in a church act like they can't, they can't make that choice, and yet you can. If Jesus said you can, you can. Amen? Uh, and we had a couple more things to talk about that, but then we'll have to finish up uh, next week about that. But to me, this area here is a really, is a really good area because it's, it's been such a blessing in my life to live a life where I am not in, uh, that my emotions are not in control of my life. Sadness, depression. Look, I don't like things to happen sometimes. You know, Sometimes I want things to happen that aren't happening, and and, you know, that, that emotion will start to rise up about sadness or depression or, or uh, anxiety, whatever the emotion is. And, and, you know, it might use me for 10 or 15 minutes. And after a while, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not living that way. Shut up. Get in line. Do what the Word says. And the joy of the Lord will rise up. Amen. Uh, and so uh, for me personally, this has been one of the best things the Lord has ever taught me because I grew up this way. I grew up where my emotions were in charge of my life. And just uh, people just do things and just get mad about things. And, uh, and I remember one time when we'll go, uh, I was selling, you know, uh, selling stuff as a high school student. You know, as high school students, you're not really a student. You're, you're a salesman, right, for the school. Right? You're selling cookies or tickets or whatever. You know, you're just there to make the school money. That's the only reason why you're there. And so I was knocking on the door selling cookies or whatever. And, and this lady, she lived in her neighborhood. You know, she was an older lady, retired, whatever. I knocked the door. I said, hey, uh, would you like to buy some cookies? No, and you're a horrible person, and you're terrible. You won't ever talk to you. You think you're better than anybody else. And I'm thinking, it's just a cookie, you know? And I got so depressed because she just bawled me out. And, and later on, I found out she was an alcoholic, and she just she, she probably thought I was somebody else because, I mean, I had maybe had three words with her, 
You know, you won't even talk to me. You're an old person. I'm a young person. I don't talk to people like you. You know, you're scary, right? And, you're, you're, uh, and so I'm just a kid, right? In high school, I didn't know anything. Uh, and so, uh, but I remember things like, thing, events like that would just throw me for a loop. And I'd be just sad for days, you know, just, wow, you know, why does she like me? I didn't do anything to her, you know, just, and it would just over and over in your mind, right? And then I learned, uh, I don't have to live that way. I get to choose. If Jesus said I can, I can have that event and not let it control me, then I can live that way. Amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you for the blessings of heaven. We thank you, Father, that your word is so. And, Father, if you said that, that uh, I can live this way, Father, then I can this live, live this way. But, Father, it's not just a theory. I choose to live this way, Father, as an act of my faith. And, Father, I will train my heart that any emotions answer to my spirit, man. Any emotions that go beyond your word, I will not allow, Father, in my life. I choose to limit them, Father. I choose to keep them in a place where they belong. Father, you said I can do it, and if you said I could, Father, then I can. And by your spirit and through your grace, Father, I will live this way. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We'll, we'll, we've got some other things to talk about in verse 22, but you start, we start calling people names there, right? And so we'll look at um, all the name calling that we're allowed to do in the church, right? Uh, and so uh, let's see. Uh, we've got communion today, right? We okay to receive communion uh, today? Because we're going to have a church meal anyway. So um, if we'll get ready to re- uh, receive communion there. And um, uh, Mr. David, would you mind helping Jared there? It'll go twice as fast with two people, right? Uh, over in um, 1 Corinthians, I was just thinking, you know, this might be a good, uh, a good verse to read today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul is talking about here, um, in verse 20, he said, When you come together, therefore, into one place, uh, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Uh, he said, for in eating, everyone taketh before his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. Uh, what have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Despise ye the church of God, and, uh, and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you this? I praise you not. So Paul is kind of fussing at the Corinthians here, because when they received communion, you know, a lot of the people would, because they, you know, back then they didn't have these prepackaged little, little, you know, crackers of bread and little, little nice little cups of juice. They would just take a chunk of bread, a big loaf of bread. Sometimes the loaves of bread were really big. They'd just take a big chunk out, and that, that was how they would receive communion, right? They'd pass the, the loaf of bread, and they'd pull out a chunk. And so some people were really greedy, and they would take out a chunk of bread for their communion, and then, you know, the rest of the bread they would eat right there and, because they were hungry. Uh, and, and so they were really dishonoring the intent of receiving communion uh, at that point in time. Uh, and, uh, and so, of course, that was a, a big deal, right, for the church. You, you don't want to dishonor the Lord, amen? You want to be honorable to the Lord. And, and it, uh, you know, it's been 2,000 years. This, is, this was going on in the church. So there were people who were dishonoring uh, communion in the church. Well, why did the Lord have Paul write that? Because there's still people dishonoring communion in the church, right? They'll receive the bread, which represents his body, which is broken for us, and they'll turn around and say, God doesn't heal, well, that's dishonoring the communion, right? That's dishonoring what Jesus did. Uh, and so, so the, these things are real, right? The, and later on, he talks about some other things related to that. Uh, and so, 
Uh, did, did you get skipped on a... <laughs> wow, you almost missed your healing there, right? And so, so you got it now, right? And so, so uh, we want to honor, because he said, do this in remembrance of me, right? Remind yourself what I did for you. That's why we receive communion, to remind ourselves what he did for us. And, and so he picked these two topics. Uh, he picked the bread, which represents his body. So, so it represents the healing of our bodies because his body was broken for us. So he paid a, a physical price in the natural world uh, for his body to be beaten beyond the recognition of a man. And the Bible says that by his stripes, you were healed. So all those stripes that he received on his, on his body where he did it by choice he did it uh, with the awareness that if they do this, I am substituting the pain and agony in my body for the pain and agony that, th that they would otherwise have to accept in their body. And so now, if, if you ever have pain or agony in your body, you can say, well, Lord, you took this from me. You, I don't have to live this way. The world tells you you have to live this way. Doctors tell you this way. Uh, people who, believe, uh, or who understand genetics will say you have to live this way because that's where your parents live. But Jesus said, you don't have to live this way because I did that for you. You activate that by faith, amen? You activate that promise by choosing to believe that he did really do that for you, amen? And so he said, I want you to do this and remember it to me. Remind yourself that I took stripes, painful, agonizing, bloody stripes for you so that you don't have to live in pain and agony in your life. And then he, the same thing with the juice. Uh, the juice represents, he said, this is my blood shed for you, Amen. And you go through the whole word of God and, and the blood of the Lord was there to wash away our sins. So we're, we're not free from sin because we're perfect people. We're free from sin because he's washed us in this blood. So somehow his blood is active even today that's able to wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And so that's, that's what he wants us to remember. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for communion today. So Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice here. Father, it's not just simple bread and juice. It represents you. It represents what you've done for us. And so, Father, you wanted to focus specifically that this bread represents your body broken for us, that you took so many stripes, Father. The word says that you were beaten beyond the recognition of a man. Uh, and you allow that to happen, Father, so that every single sickness and disease could be paid for by you receiving the pain and agony in your own body. And so, Father, we thank you that we have a choice and a, and a privilege to live free from sickness and disease and aches and pains, Father. And we choose to believe that. And so we receive this bread thanking you that we live in divine health each and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. And, Father, we thank you for this juice that represents your blood, the precious blood of Jesus. Somehow your blood, Father, was of so, so great value that is valuable enough to cover every sin ever committed in the history of humanity from Adam until the very last breath of the last human on the earth, that blood was sufficient to pay for all of those sins. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And according to your word, Father, we thank you that we as individuals are cleansed from all unrighteousness by your blood. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Are we healed and clean? Amen. Healed and clean. Amen. And, and uh, it'd be good to just meditate on that. Amen. That his, his body was broken for me. Amen. We're not required to suffer through sickness and disease. Doesn't matter what your age is. You know, Johnny's turning 80 years old this year, this month right now, right? Um, and um, getting healthier every day, right? And so uh, we thank God for that. Amen. Uh, and so...
Praise God. Well, we thank the Lord for all these things. Um, you know, I just, uh, I would encourage you, you know, on, especially on this service this morning, uh, in this particular message, this is a good message for your whole life, right? This is a good message for your individual life. And I encourage you to meditate on these scriptures that, that uh, and get it settled in your heart. I don't have to live this way. Because one thing about faith that you've got to appreciate is a lot of times you'll get revelation about something, but you're not living that revelation yet. But what you need to do is, is get to where you have the hope of that. Lord, I'm here, but I see that I can be over there. See, a lot of times people don't even know that that's an option. They don't know, oh, I can't do anything about these emotions. There's nothing I can do about it. See, there's no hope in that. But you can have the faith of, Lord, I'm here, but I can see that I can be over there. I'm going to get there. And start declaring, Lord, I'm going to get there. I used to say that, you know, all the time, I'm, Lord, I'm going to get there. You know, and all places I have gotten there is by, by faith, amen. Lord, I'm going to get there. I'm not living this way. I'm not staying right here. I'm going to get over there where I should be, amen. And so praise God. Let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Appreciate y'all's faithfulness and giving. Amen. Uh, and uh, where we're here in the Word of God, we'll just read. Uh, uh, this is in, in Philippians chapter 4. Paul wrote here in uh, Philippians 4, 19, he said, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I like that particular uh, promise there because all of your need is, is met, right? But, but it's met according to his riches in glory. Well, how many riches in glory do you reckon Jesus has? Is he, is he, is he uh, in the welfare line? Is he, is he having to have a budget every month? You know, people need budgets sometimes because they don't have enough money to do everything they want to do, so they have a budget, right? Only so much goes here, so much for food, so much for electricity, whatever. And if i got a, any money left over, I can go do something fun, right? When you, when you have so much money, you don't, there's no budgets for rich people. You know, just, they just buy whatever they want to buy, right? Do whatever they want to do. It's according to his or measured by his riches and glory, right? Not according to what the economy is or what your salary is or what your hourly rate is, according to his riches and glory, amen? That's a pretty good measurement, amen? Uh, and so that's what it says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, amen? So that's a promise. So uh, we just received this uh, offering is blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. And my faith for you is that all of your need is met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and as soon as Jared gets done with that, we'll, um, we'll go ahead and pray for the food. Thank the Lord that it's, uh, it's blessed and sanctified. Amen. And then, uh, and then we'll eat, right? And so um, don't forget uh, two weeks from yesterday is... Uh, um, the ladies fellowship here at the church amen and uh, i guess that's all the all the stuff we've got going on right so we don't have any any other announcements uh oh is it this friday that's right first friday of the month prayer seven o'clock right good call amen yes yeah, so we'll be here friday night seven o'clock um, uh, for prayer so all right well let's pray for the food and then we'll we'll set the tables up so father we thank you for your blessing we thank you for the opportunity to gather together as your people and fellowship father and Father, according to your word, we declare this food blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's eat.